Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Please stay tuned at the end of this message to an update on all that we're doing here at VBPH. Thanks. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14. What? What a sight. A building filled with men. Thank God for all of you that are here and uh, ready to hear from God. 1 Samuel chapter 14. A patient in a hospital. Uh, He spilled a a cup of water on the floor beside his bed. He was afraid he might slip on the water if he got out of bed, so he asked a nurse's aide, can you mop this up? But the hospital policy said that small spills are the responsibilities of nurses' aides, and large spills have to be mopped up by housekeeping. So the nurse's aide said, no, that's a large spill and called housekeeping. He said, it's not my responsibility. Housekeeper came, looked at the puddle, and said, no, that's a small spill. That's not my responsibility. And so they started arguing, that's a big spill. Not my responsibility. No, that's not my. Finally, the patient, after listening for a few minutes, he grabbed the pitcher, and he poured it all on the floor. He said, now is it big enough for somebody to take responsibility? The world is waiting for someone to take responsibility. Actually, the world is waiting for men to take responsibility. The scripture that we're going to read, you can read the whole chapter in your own time, we'll skip through. It shows us the contrast of what happens when men don't take responsibility and what happens when men will take responsibility. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Wearing the Pants, which is taking responsibility. 1 Samuel 14, verse 1, the Bible says, Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, uh, said to the young man that bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison. (coughs) That's on the other side. But he didn't tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people that were with him were about 600 men. Skip through the story to verse 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Verse 13. The Bible says in verse 13, Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. They fell before Jonathan and he came after him. As he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, was about 20 men within a half acre of land. And there was a trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earthquake, so that it was a very great trembling. Wearing the the pants, or taking responsibility. I want to talk about the responsibility gap. The great question is, we're in in the company of men, is this question... What makes a man? What makes you a man? And I'm not talking about your equipment. I'm talking about in reality. Because, of course, there are wrong ideas about manhood. We have 
violence as a standard. Don't, don't tell me how you whip five bikers in a bar. That's not manhood. It's not sexual conquests of keeping scores about how many women are after you or you've had. It's not money or possessions of what you drive. Do you know you can be a wimp with a nice car? It's not a title or a position. In our scripture, Saul has the title of king, but he's not a man. God shows us in the Bible what is the pattern for manhood, when, and he shows that when he made the first man, Adam. Genesis 2.15, then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Look at this. Before Adam ever had a rule, before he ever had a fight or a possession or a title, he had a responsibility. Tend and keep it because the essence of manhood is responsibility. To be responsible means that you are answerable or accountable for something within your power, control, or management. It means that you are chargeable as being the author, cause, or occasion of something. In other words, when you are responsible, what happens is up to you. That is what manhood is all about. Now, children don't have this. Babies don't have this because they're not responsible. I have a six-month-old grandson, and uh, all he does in life is eat, sleep, smile, and mess his pants. His parents are not saying, when are you going to start contributing to the house? Because he's a baby. You see this. Parents bring in children into, into church. And I'll see them. And I'm trying to get a smile out of them. And they're, they're cranky. And what is it that the parents always say? He's tired. <laughs> and we let children get away with that because they're not responsible. But men are responsible. There are things expected of you if you're a man, and you will be held accountable. Men have jobs. Unless you still live with mama. They go to the job every day. Even if they don't feel like it. Even if the job is not rewarding, men... Have jobs. When you're responsible, you pay your bills. <laughs> That's novel to some of you, isn't it? <laughs> Marriage involves responsibility. Not by announcing that you're in charge, but by taking responsibility to meet the needs of your wife and to make her feel confident in life. That is your responsibility. You have responsibility for your children, for ministry, for your relationship with God. That's your responsibility. Galatians 6.5, for every man shall bear his own burden. And that is a word picture. This is a Roman soldier that he had a pack, like a backpack or a knapsack, of his own equipment, said, you've got to carry that for yourself. Frustrates me. There are people, they have great problems in their life, but they won't read the Bible themselves. Pastor, what should I do? They won't pray. Men are responsible. See, responsibility always impacts other people. It's interesting, the Bible order is that God gave Adam responsibility, and then he gave him a wife. The responsibility came first. Then he gave him a wife. Why? Because responsibility affects other people. 
it's not just you. In our scripture, Saul is the king. He is responsible for the whole nation. Kings had scepters. A scepter is a fancy shepherd's rod. Because there was a symbol or a picture, the king is responsible for the nation. But in our scripture, Saul is putting his own son at risk. He's putting his men at risk because responsibility affects other people. Achan, he will not take responsibility for obedience. And the Bible says 38 men die and the entire nation is defeated. The will of God is stopped and the blessing of God stops because responsibility always impacts other people. The problem is that men don't want to be responsible. They want to live irresponsible life. When you put IR in front of responsible, it means not. They want to live as though they are not responsible. They are not answerable or accountable. There are men that don't want to work. They don't want to raise the children that they have created. They want the benefits of marriage, but they want to live like single men. They don't want to work at their marriage. They don't want to give the, the effort in communication, in attention and forgiveness. They don't want to be responsible. And the problem is irresponsibility is celebrated in our society. There are songs, sung, books, written, movies made that glorify irresponsibility. Who do they put on the screen or sing about? Players. A player is a wimp who can't make one woman happy. Celebrated. They left their unfulfilling marriage and their children to find their soulmate. We resent anyone challenging our irresponsibility. Listen, we're Americans. We have rights. I have the right to live my life the way I want to. How dare you challenge me? I'm offended. How dare you expect anything of me? Not only do men not want to take responsibility, we allow others to get away with their irresponsibility. We live in a nation where we allow public figures to commit crimes and abuse people and then say, that's my private business. We let politicians make non-apologies like, I apologize if I offended anybody. Of course you offended somebody. That's why you're having a press conference. <laughs> I apologize if anyone misperceived my words. Then we have enablers. Parents can be terrible enablers, can't they? My son would never do something like that. How is it that the only people in the world who had evil children were my parents? <laughs> right? When I was growing up, if anybody ever said, uh, Mr. Mitchell, there's a problem, he said, Greg. Anyway, he didn't let him finish. <clears throat> but these days, it's like my son, my daughter, they would, they would never. You're in jail? Well, of course we'll bail you out, honey. I'm sure you were framed. <laughs> what? You've overspent? You haven't disciplined yourself financially? Well, of course we'll pay, pay, pay your bills. Of course you can move back home when you're 49. <laughs> Thus perpetuating the cycle of irresponsibility. 
Why don't men want to take responsibility? Number one, we see in our scripture there's laziness. Verse two, Saul was sitting under a pomegranate tree. You know why men don't want to be responsible? Is because it's easier for some men to let women run the show. Back in the garden, you'd have the wrong idea if you think that Adam was away, busy on the job, and he came back and his wife had, had to let the devil in. And That wasn't it. Adam was there watching, but it's easier to let his wife deal with the serpent. Because he had a hard day. He was tired. It's easier to play than work. It's easier to not have conflict. Because some of you have learned that when you begin to take responsibility, you discover that your wife, she'll fight you. She doesn't begin to weep and say, thank you, thank you. There's conflict. You begin to take responsibility. Your kids will manipulate you emotionally. And so it's easier to sit under the pomegranate tree of laziness. Pride is the second reason why men won't take responsibility. Some men are unwilling to risk their egos and look bad. Saul's under the pomegranate tree. He's not doing anything, but he's not losing either. That's the way he thinks. You know, some men, their pride makes them unwilling to try and to take responsibility. Because Luke 12, 48 says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So there are men that they live life, they won't risk, they won't rise. It was Saul that when he was chosen to be king, he was hiding in the baggage. In other words, I don't want people looking at me and expecting things from me. It's pride. Some men, their pride makes them unwilling to own up to their own failure. Some men don't want to look bad when they are bad. And some men, you gotta, you got to brain wrestle with them. They will fight and squirm and maneuver rather than just own up. Take responsibility. That's pride. Then, of course, there is blame. Because those who will not accept responsibility, of course, they have to try and shift responsibility onto others. This is Adam, the woman that you gave me. It was Saul in 1 Samuel 15, 24. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. Charles O'Byrne, who was a top aide to uh, uh, New York Governor David Patterson, he neglected to file tax returns for five years. His excuse, he suffers from a medical condition called late filing syndrome. (laughs) And that's caused by depression. Even though this depression didn't stop him from being a highly functional uh, professional or having an active social life, it uh, it did seem to affect his ability to pay taxes for five years in a row. Hey, some of you pastors have late gold sheet syndrome, don't you? It's probably depression. Uh, That was free. I just threw that in. Proverbs 19.3 says, people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. So why does God always get blamed? Let's talk secondly about the cost of irresponsibility. Gentlemen, you can live an irresponsible life, but it's not free. It costs. Number one, if you fail to take responsibility, someone else has to. Refusing responsibility does not make responsibility go away. It just means somebody else has to take your responsibility. Verse 1, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, let us go over to the Philistine garrison. But you see, that was Saul's responsibility. He was the one supposed to be doing that or leading that. 
This is true on the job. You know, there are some men that they are incredibly talented at not doing any work. They are incredibly talented at looking like they're working when they're not doing a single thing. And they're, they're good at, they're tremendous, man. Bro, you know what? If you're good at not doing work, you know what? You lazy butt, somebody else has to do your work for you. It, it doesn't go away. Marriage. You see, I, I, I'm, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I can't deal with the kids. Well, that's fine, but that means then your wife has to run the house. Now you just put a woman in charge. She's got to deal with the kid. It doesn't go away. Money. When you won't rein in your spending, discipline yourself. When you won't stick at your job. You know what that means? At some point, somebody else has to bail you out. Kids, you know what's a tragedy is that I see people that they're getting on in years and they have to raise the children that somebody won't take responsibility for. Their parents all over again, not by choice. Number two is if you fail to take responsibility, you fail to make progress. Verse 2, Saul is sitting under the pomegranate tree. The enemy is in front of him. The will of God was to reclaim lost territory and move forward. But the problem is Saul is a picture of many men who are stuck in life. They're not moving ahead. They're not getting ahead. Nothing is changing. They're childish in their finances. Their financial position is not improving over time. They're stuck. They're going nowhere on the job because they've lived irresponsible. They will never be considered for promotion. Marriage. There are people that they are married and that is good, but the problem is in their marriage, it's not holy wedlock, it's unholy deadlock, isn't it? They're stuck intractable. They're not going any place because they won't take responsibility. Then, of course, you can be spiritually stagnant in the same place year after year after year. There's a third thing. <clears throat> if you fail to take responsibility, you create conflicts. Let me tell you something, man. Nobody's happy with an irresponsible man. Irresponsible people, they leave a trail of conflict wherever they go. Verse 1 says, he didn't tell his father. In other words, he knew this. What's the use? He's only going to come up with reasons not to, or he's going to get upset with me for wanting to change things. Listen, nobody's happy with an irresponsible man. Men, can I suggest something to you? Maybe your wife doesn't really ride a broom. Maybe she's just tired of your irresponsibility. Maybe your kids are not the most evil children in the world. Maybe they just don't respect you. Maybe it's not that your boss is just mean and picking on you. Maybe you're just irresponsible. Can I tell you something? No one respects irresponsible men or blamers. You ever, you ever hear somebody and they give elaborate excuses? They're, some, they're tremendous. Some people tell me their excuses and I want to I applaud. Oh, that, that was a tremendous story. Man, it wasn't. You see, because it was the weather and she... You know what? When someone gets done telling their excuse of why it's not my fault, when you get done listening to that story, you don't say, you know what? I would trust my life with you. I want to be like you. No, 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 no. Why didn't they go ask Saul? Because they didn't respect him. Because he wouldn't take 
responsibility. Our scripture, if you read on through the chapters, shows us that the irresponsible, in creating conflict, they always misinterpret other people. Irresponsibility always wind up making big deals out of small issues. We read here, Saul won't take responsibility. The battle starts without him. Then he winds up, he creates a command, no eating all day while you fight. That's, that's brilliant. Everybody else is like, they're dragging. Jonathan didn't hear that, so he eats honey. He's feeling good. And Saul's answer, we're going to kill Jonathan. What a wicked man eating honey. Can you imagine that? And the people have to say, we'll fight you if you do that because you create conflicts when you fail to take responsibility. Finally, if you fail to take responsibility, God will not bless you. Irresponsibility is displeasing to God. You can evade responsibility, but you will never experience the supernatural hand of God in your life. Saul's answer, when the battle starts and he hears the noise, verse 18, after not taking responsibility, he says, bring the ark, let's pray. Do you know it's possible to sound spiritual while you disobey? You ever had somebody who look at you with a holy face and say, I'll pray about that. You lie. (laughs) Doesn't that sound good? Gentlemen, your prayer is pointless if you're not obeying. Don't bother. Your prayer is pointless if you're not taking responsibility. Joshua 7, the people have disobeyed and they got defeated. And Joshua 7, Joshua is on his face praying and God says, get up. Why are you laying on your face? It's not time to pray. Number one, there are things that you don't need to pray about. Should I be honest, Lord? You don't need to pray about this. Number two is prayer does not make up for disobedience. Prayer does not make up for irresponsibility. When Norman Vincent Peale was a boy, he found a big black cigar. Snuck into an alley and he lit it up, making him feel very, very grown up until he saw his dad coming. So Norman put the cigar behind his back. You know, kids are always, this is brilliant. Smoke is coming up behind his head, you know. (laughs) Dad will never smell this, you know. And so to distract his dad, he said, Dad... Look at that billboard. The circus is coming. Dad, can we go? His father said to him, Son, never make a petition while at the same time trying to hide a smoldering disobedience. Let's close. Let's talk about the blessing of taking responsibility. The problem in a scripture like this is there is no happy ending for Saul. Saul won't take responsibility. I'd love to be able to say, and then he repented at the men's rally. (laughs) Took responsibility, and they all lived happily ever. No. He never does take responsibility in his life, really. Oh, he'll have momentary, you got me, sorries. But he never would. You know what the sad lesson of Saul is? You can die irresponsible. You can die not blessed. You can die stuck right where you are. That's not what we want. So the contrast, of course, in our story is Jonathan. Verse 1, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, let us go over to the Philistine garrison. In other words, Jonathan said, I'm taking responsibility I'm going to do what I can do. And he didn't stop because of what he couldn't do or because of what others might not do. There there, there are men that it's like, you need to take responsibility. They go, well, that's not really my job. 
Why do I have to do everything around here? That's not what Jonathan said. Why try in my marriage? I did try, Pastor. I said sorry one time and said I'm going to try harder. And she didn't immediately begin to weep and fall at my feet and tear her clothes off and say, let's go to bed, baby. So why should I try? That's not what Jonathan said. He didn't say, well, I can't fix my whole family or my whole workplace or the whole church. He didn't say, I'm in so deep financially, why pinch a few pennies? Responsibility, number one, says I can do something. I have a part to play. Verse 15, he climbed up on his hands and knees. He fought with those he could fight. I can do something. That's what responsibility does. Number two, responsibility involves honesty. You're only responsible when you face up to yourself, your part, and your sin. Nehemiah 1.6, here's the beginning of the great miracle. In the city of Jerusalem through Nehemiah's life, he said, I confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. It's me. And that began a miracle. Responsibility involves honesty. Number three, in responsibility involves risk. Verse six, he says, it may be that the Lord will help us. But there's no guarantees in life, gentlemen. I can't promise you if you walk in the door today and take responsibility with your wife, by tonight your marriage will be fixed. But it may be that the Lord will help you. You won't always win. You won't always look good. But responsibility involves risk. But our story gives a powerful promise. Taking responsibility pleases God. The scripture shows us something. Men who take responsibility, God will do more than you can ever do by yourself. If you will do the natural, God will do the supernatural. Verse 15, all the Philistine soldiers panicked. Those in the camp and those in the raiding party. The ground itself shook. God had caused the panic. (coughs) This is... What happens when men will take responsibility? Jonathan is going up, crawling on hands and knees. That's what I can do. I can fight with these men right in front of me. That's, I can deal with them. And the Bible says something larger happens. He made his efforts great. The ground began to shake because God is pleased with responsibility. Nehemiah takes responsibility in chapter 1 for the nation's sin. And the Bible says the result is the wall was built in 52 days. You know, I see this over and over again. I see people that are horribly in debt. I have, I have letters in my files. Dear Pastor Mitchell, after you preach that sermon, I just want you to know I was $60,000 in debt. I was 90000 I have a letter in my files. I was 100 and $95,000 in debt. You know, when you owe 195 grand, making a decision that saves you a dollar and a half, it's like, what's the point, right? This man said, me and my wife, we said we're going to take responsibility, and pastor got, and I am debt-free. God did a miracle. <laughs> I see men that when they finally stop shifting blame and they own up spiritually, they make progress. It's like they're new men because God got involved. Many years ago, I had a counseling session from hell. It was called counseling. It was not. They wanted me to be a boxing referee. And in this corner, all they wanted to do was argue about 
who is responsible and not really. It's your fault. No, it's not. I'm not. If you would, you won't. You never. Can we go home now? I'm, I, it's not fixing it. I predict bad things. The marriage split. He moved out. He said, this is not going to end well. Some weeks later, he showed up in a morning service and answered the altar call. After the service, he said, can I speak with you for a minute? I want to be honest with you. I was thinking of the last counseling session. It's like, okay. Because I was ready for him to tell me how it's all his evil wife's fault. But it was a glorious counseling session because he walked in there. He said, it's me. I'm the problem. It's not her. I've been trying to shift it on her, but it's me. And I said, if you'll tell your wife that, live up to it. God will help you. Pray with him. He went out. They got back together. Some weeks later, I saw them walking out of church. Whereas before, it was the, the looks of death. They're, they're holding hands. They're smiling. It was, so much, it was so striking. I called him over. and said, bro, what's happening? And he looked at me. He said, pastor, you know what she said to me? She said, I'm proud of you. He floated to the car, I'm sure. Because responsibility pleases God. Finally, taking responsibility is a key component of leadership. Interesting story, men, because not only does Jonathan get a miracle, he inspires his armor bearer to follow him. Verse 7, his armor bearer said, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. Men, you know, if you will take responsibility, who knows but your wife, she might follow you. Your kids might follow you. You may get some disciples to follow you, but only if you take responsibility. What a, what a great blessing. You can inspire someone else to be more than they could ever be by themselves. Verse 22, and the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the mountains, they chased the enemy. <clears throat> I want to close with this. In 2011, Levi Strauss, they ran an ad for Docker's Pants. This is where the title of the sermon comes from. The title of this ad was A Manifesto. Once upon a time, men wore the pants and wore them well. Women rarely had to open doors, and little old ladies never had to cross the street alone. Men took charge because that's what they did. But somewhere along the way, the world decided it no longer needed men. Disco by disco, latte by foamy non-fat latte. <laughs> men were stripped of their khakis and left stranded on the road between boyhood and androgyny. But today there are questions our genderless society has no answers for. The world sits idly by while cities crumble. Children misbehave and those little old ladies remain on one side of the street. For the first time since bad guys, we need heroes. We need grown-ups. We need men to put down the plastic fork, step away from the salad bar, and untie the world from the tracks of complacency. It's time to get your hands dirty. It's time to answer the call of manhood. It's time to wear the pants. <laughs> so I ask you, men, when you leave today, are you going to wear the pants? Let's give Pastor... Well, hello and welcome back. This is Pastor Adam from the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, and I've got Dave with me again. Hello, everybody. And we just wanted to take a few moments of your time to give you an update on what's been happening with this sermon podcast. Holy smokes, Dave. I am blown away at the incredible response we have had from this uh, new 
um, from these new updates that we have been doing in the last few weeks. Yes, indeed. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> and, <laughs> and looking at these numbers, we are floored. Yeah, completely blown away. So um, if you remember, last Friday was the day that we posted the sermon from Pastor Ron Bannett, um, the sermon podcast, because we had received news that he had passed away, gone into eternity. And so we wanted to do something um, to kind of just remember him and also to do something for his grieving wife. And so we posted a sermon on Friday of last week, and we told you guys that we were going to give a, a nice love offering to, uh, to Kathy Bannett, his wife, uh, just as a, as a thank you and uh, an offering, a token of our appreciation for his ministry over the years. And yes. we, we told you guys that for every new subscriber that we got within the next week, so that was between last Friday and this Friday that just passed, um, that, uh, that we would add an additional $20 on top of a $50 offering that the sermon podcast was, uh, was already going to give. Um, so we added everything up. So, uh, as far as I know, there actually may be more than this that I don't know about, but as far as I can tell, there was at least five new subscribers within the last week, which brings us to a total of $150 love offering. Amen. That uh, that I actually sent over uh, through our payment application, and so she'll be receiving that next week. So I just want to give you guys a big round of applause. Yeah. Thank you so much for subscribing. That's amazing. We appreciate you guys for subscribing because that means uh, now we can give a decent love offering to them. And I would also encourage you, if you go back to that show on that Friday, we included a link that if you want to do something special for Kathy Bennett, uh, you can donate to that link. We will forward those funds on to her. That is still in place. But uh, man, what do you think about that, Dave? That's pretty amazing. That is really, yeah. Uh, I mean, there, I don't have words to to put to that. That's just amazing. Okay. Well, I have more amazing things to tell you about. <laughs> oh well, good. <laughs> so, um, so we are uh, we are providing this new premium podcast on two platforms. As you know, there is the uh, there is the new one called Supercast.tech. That's a really nice platform that allows us to provide premium content at a very low price for only three bucks a month. You can subscribe there. By the way, all proceeds go to world evangelism. We can't say that enough. We're, mm -hmm. we're everything that the that we are doing here is for the cause of world evangelism. That's why we're so excited about this. Yes. So uh, we got the supercast.tech website, and then we also have the Apple podcast platform. And so this is kind of a brand new thing that Apple is allowing podcasts to do. And so it's been kind of a learning experience for us, um, honestly. Yeah. And what I am amazed by is, um, is the great response that we've had from subscribers. So a uh, part of that learning process is that I have not been able to see how many of you are subscribing through that platform until today. So basically, Apple releases a, a weekly report of everyone who is subscribed. And, you know, you can't really see it on a day-to-day -day basis, but only after the week has gone by. So <laughs> let's just say when I got the report, uh, I downloaded it today and looked at it. I was completely blown away because uh, this only includes subscriptions that have taken place up until the 4th of July, which was previous week. So it doesn't count anything that happened in the previous week, you know, as we're recording this on the 10th. So between the 5th and the 10th, it doesn't record, doesn't, doesn't include yeah. any subscribers from that time, but right. from the 4th and before we already had at that time, 12 brand new subscribers. That's so amazing. Big, big round of applause again. Yes. Great. That's amazing. I, I'm blown away. So 12 these are, these are uh, paid subscribers, um, and eight of those being from the States, four of those being from the UK. So, man, God bless you guys. We so, so appreciate um, that, and we're looking forward to being able to give a big honking offering to World Evangelism yeah. produced by this podcast. How cool is that? That's in, that's And I wanted to just give a big shout out to those of you who have subscribed, um, Stefan Robert Jacobescu, uh, 
who has signed up for our monthly plus plan. That's amazing. Dave, you said it wouldn't happen, but there it is. Uh, Somebody <laughs> did it. The $10 a month. Yes, um, thank jo you. Jonathan Green, uh, the monthly plan. And, uh, and then I also wanted to say thank you to you missionaries. Um, Dave, I haven't told you this, but I've been oh. sending out the premium podcast to missionaries. We're providing that free of charge to missionaries, Richard Salanoa, Paul Alvarez, John wow. Alcott. And uh, hey, if you, have, if you know of any missionaries that would want to have access to this, let us know. I, I'd be happy to share that. Um, I was just talking with Paul Alvarez um, through text message and and he was telling me you know I, I know what it's like to be a missionary you feel like you're disconnected and this is a great way to uh to kind of feel like you're still connected so if you right. if you know any missionaries that would like to have access to the premium podcast we'll be happy to provide it to them uh at no charge so of course rome you are you are our brand you are the the original pioneer of uh, the pub. <laughs> so mr pastor rome kobos we thank you for your support and because of that we are going to be able to give a healthy offering of your your dollars toward world evangelism thank you so much for that i mean this is exactly why we are doing this exactly and, uh, you know, for us, it's it's some time involved, it's some sacrifice, but this is what makes it completely worth it, man. I, I'm totally yeah. blown away. Yeah. And it's very exciting for me. So uh, keep up the good work, guys. Um, th th there, there are some people who um, who have uh, subscribed. We, we want to ask you a couple of things is just to get the word out. Let somebody know about this sermon podcast. And um, we believe that God can really use this to... to produce a large offering for world evangelism and how cool would it be to bless uh bless a conference with uh you know let's say a thousand or a two thousand dollar check that comes from your sermon podcast listening that is that is pretty awesome so yes thank you thank you thank you so much we are looking forward to that and we can't wait to, to share that with others so um we have one other announcement that I'm, I'm gonna let dave make because i've been talking too yeah. much all right well uh we have created uh an additional benefit just for subscribers only. Uh, it's access to a members only WhatsApp group where subscribers can post comments, reactions, feedback to the sermon of the day. So we want this to be, you know, a global community where anyone uh, can have access to it. Mm -hmm. And so we, we just wanted to uh, let you know about that. Right. Absolutely. So if you are already using WhatsApp, most of you are, uh, we know this is a cross-platform uh, messaging app. And uh, so we want to provide a platform for any kind of reactions or, you know, um, any comments that you may have on the sermon of the day. Uh, we, we want it to be a place where those of us who are subscribed and paying monthly, that uh, we can kind of communicate with each other. And how uh, I think that that would be a nice, nice little outlet that we can stay in contact. So yes. uh, in order to do that, we actually need some help from you. If you have, uh, if you have subscribed using Supercast, that means we already have your email address. And that means that we have already sent you the invite. You should look in your email. I sent that out on Saturday afternoon. So you should already have that in your inbox. Uh, you can click on the link and, and get right into the, um, into the WhatsApp group if that's something you want to do. But if you have subscribed using Apple Podcasts, uh, I do not get your information at all. You, we all know that Apple is big on privacy, so they're not sharing any of your personal information with me other than what country you subscribed from. So what I would need you to do is to reach out to me um, via email. And so if you are a subscriber, if you've subscribed through Apple Podcasts, then what I need you to do is send me a screenshot of your subscribed podcast app uh, so that I can see it and send me it, send that to my email, pastor at vbph.org. And what I will do is I will simply reply to you with the link to join the WhatsApp group, if that's something you want to be a part of. So um, I think that's all the announcements that we had for you. And we yes. just wanted to share how happy we are that, uh, that this is working. It's amazing, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And just extend our uh, sincere and heartfelt uh, gratitude uh, to you, uh, our, you know, the listeners of this podcast for all that you've, all that you're doing. Just amazing. 
so awesome. Yeah, we appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we'll we'll catch up with you again next week. Uh, please, uh, if you don't mind, leave us a rating and a review, especially on the Apple Podcast app that really helps us to get the word out. So let me just share with you a couple of the recent ratings that we've received through Apple Podcast. We have uh, from Kulin Chumbi uh, from June 8th, who said, I love listening to the things of God, especially concerning being a man, disciple, husband, father, pastor, etc. My inner man needs Jesus daily, and I glory in him. This is one of the ways I can harbor the Christian identity in me. Thanks, brothers. Man, that's great. Amen. We appreciate that encouragement. Thank and you. Chris Botello, who is pioneering in Sinton, Texas, said that this podcast has really encouraged and blessed me in dry times. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. That's a great review. Great. We appreciate that. There was also um, this review that came out of the UK. Uh, it said, fantastic. Whilst grieving the loss of the Blast podcast, this is a worthy <laughs> substitute. Fantastic sermons I wouldn't have heard anywhere else. Well, exactly. That is yeah. why we are sharing these yes. sermons. Uh, and then we have from Phil Bryant, uh, also from the UK, who said, these sermons are like gold. I am extremely grateful for the resources that this church and others wow. have opened up. Since the start of the pandemic, it has helped me transform my relationship with God. Wow, that is huge. Wow. So um, let me just uh, share with you guys that the last review that we had was from uh, early June. So uh, we would love to hear what you think. Uh, we do continue to get ratings and reviews, but uh, if you could share with us a couple of sentences about what this podcast means to you, put that up on the Apple podcast, or you can share it through the Podchaser link that's in the show notes. Uh, that would do wonders to continue to help us uh, grow our audience and to reach more and more people with these amazing messages that have been preached around the world by our fellowship. Uh, preachers and pastors. Listen, uh, let me just refocus what we are doing once again. And all of this, everything that we are doing brings glory to God. We are doing this not to, you know, not just to grow a podcast audience, but so that the word of God can get to more people um, yeah. in, in the world. And, and you are making that happen. So not just by uh, letting other people know about the podcast, but as we have uh, developed this premium podcast, when you subscribe to that, there's real, real dollars and cents going into real accounts that we can then put into world evangelism funds. Yes. And that is really, really exciting to me. So thank you all guys for, for making this happen. It's an Absolutely. amazing thing to see. Thank you so, so very much. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.